Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's On The Spot. I'm Zach Strickland, Director of Freight Market Intelligence at Freightways, and with me filling in for JP. Michael Vincent, freight forecaster here, my friend. Mike Vincent. So, uh, what we do on On The Spot is we talk about what's happening in the freight market this week and give yeah. a little uh, look forward. So, you know, kicking things off, Mike, we saw tender rejection rates come down. Uh, mm -hmm. off their ledge again. They kind of started to stabilize now. They've settled down around 25%. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week, how we know that Christmas is coming this year. Uh, they didn't cancel it. No. Didn't know. Oh, okay. I know. It's I know happening it's no, this year again. It's happening this year again. Did you notify anybody with this? Yeah, and traditionally we do, see, <laughs> we do see some tightening uh, occur with that. What do you think is about to happen now? Traditionally we see uh, here in about five days or so, the market starts to tighten up significantly. Yeah, it does. And yeah. do you think that COVID or anything has going to prevent this by any means? Do you have anything to <laughs> Yes, yes. I think that the uh, COVID will prevent the tightening of the market. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it, um, I mean, it's following the, the same seasonal pattern, yeah. right? I mean, much higher, obviously, both volumes and uh, rejections, obviously mm -hmm. most higher. But I mean, it, just like it did, it, re it really did leading up to, um, well, it, it, Memorial Day, mm -hmm. Uh, Fourth of July and Labor Day, regardless of how high it is it, and what's going on, it seems to still follow those patterns. And it's because of the it's 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 really the uh, consumer buying habits, mm -hmm. even though uh, they've they've changed as you know from brick and mortar to to e-commerce, obviously, right. right? But the seasonality of the buying patterns is is still there. Yeah. So and and then you got the reaction and the uh, the drivers, so their seasonality activities, right? Exactly. And, and so that mm -hmm. causes those those same type of things around these holidays to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, in effect, you know, COVID has changed the seasonality of a lot of uh, you know patterns in freight. Yes. But not around these holiday periods, as we, you know, drivers don't work from home. No. <laughs> or I mean, I guess they sort of do uh, in the sleeper cabs in a, in a way, but. They don't work from home, so they don't have that same pattern of, well, it's just another Monday for me. And, right. You know, they still come off the road. They go and get home time uh, different than the rest of the world. So that creates a supply-side contraction around every single holiday period. We've every seen it time. every single one. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas is a little bit more significant of a holiday uh, in terms of getting those drivers home would you say versus oh, yeah 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 absolutely it is yeah. yeah it's the it's the more important of the two mm -hmm. a absolutely for and you you see it in the tender rejections and you see it in the uh, i guess the longevity also because it's then it's backed up right away with with uh with new year's yep right so you have this um it, it's kind of that finality and everybody kind of has that same mm -hmm. that same mentality right it's right. the last couple few weeks everybody's just yep. settled down <laughs> we've been through a heck of a year right yep. let's let's regroup have some uh, Christmas time, party a little bit on New Year's because, hey, 2020 is gone and 2021, you know, the next day everything changes. Yeah, right. When the, when the calendar changes, <laughs> it's, it's, we start from zero again, right? It's all so, different. Yeah, and we'll regroup and, and we'll hit it. But, I mean, that's, imagine though, imagine if what we were going through with the fracturing of the markets and everything like that earlier in this year was happening right now. Oh, God. How messed up it would be. Because we've got a little bit of normalcy now from of, of as, far, as far as the patterns. You mentioned the freight patterns. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were so screwed up in the, in the fracturing of the market and not making this now and switching to produce that and not hauling this and changing your model to haul oh. that and that type of stuff really screwed up the tender rejections and the cycle times and everything. As bad as it is right now with the length of, we had 
150,000 ships sitting outside of yeah. Los Angeles or something trying to yeah. get in? I mean, they're backed up all the way to Taiwan or something. It's crazy. <laughs> um, they got traffic cops out there by Hawaii, I think. You know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it's backed up. Imagine how bad it would be now Well, that was happening. You know, I, I, I don't know if it had been worse because they've had time to kind of backlog all these things. Yeah. Uh, whereas before, you know, they were kind of, it took them a minute to start to realize that consumer behaviors had changed, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah I th it still would have been a mess because then they would have been placing the orders now, not being able to get that capacity, et cetera. But not at all. I'd like to talk a little bit about this, you know, tender rejection rates came down. Yes. Uh, you can, you can argue that it's not a significant change because it came down from 28, 27% to 25%. Carriers are still rejecting. Uh, one out of every four loads on the contracted side. But spot rates didn't come down as much. They really kind of stayed flat, and some of them yeah. even increased. What do you think that is? Well, I mean, even when you look at the tender rejections, specific markets and so on are still, they're going up and going down, right? Sure. The head haul or the... the the volatility of the of the head haul markets is is, is still there. So there right. some are going up and some are still going out, just like in any normal year. Right. Right. But there's a residual lag effect that that yeah. happens there too at the rates. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's used to this. You don't have the real time information, and um, obviously uh, certain parties are going to try and keep the rate higher and pretend like they have no capacity, which. Pretending like you have no capacity with an uh, outbound tender rejection of 25% really isn't pretending. No, <laughs> no, no. You're not going to be able to tell. Yeah, you know. it's not significantly changed. And right. I, I think there's also there's, there's a line there, and we, we, we used to talk about this all the time. Once outbound tender rejections hit near 10%, 7 or 8% mm -hmm. there, now you've got real pressure moving up. We're th almost three times that. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, it's it's very you could difficult. Could drop to twenty yeah. and rates could still go up, right? And you say, well, we just lost almost a third of it. Yeah, but you know, a third of an incredibly high amount. Yeah. Functionally speaking. Functionally speaking, is not you're, that big. A difference. You're not able to tell that big of a difference right. between you know, okay, one out of every four loads was being rejected. Now, one point. <laughs> zero two out of every four loads is being rejected. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's very difficult to tell. So you're going to be able to also, you know, maintain that momentum. So you know that the market's tight. And so you're going to be willing to pay, continue to pay, because there's nothing that's fundamentally changing that much between no, here get, and Christmas. You, you, absolutely. You get conditioned, and that helps mm -hmm. that residual effect kind of mm -hmm. stay there. And I'm not so sure that it's actually... I mean, the residual effect is, is true. I, I think that's part of it. But the other part is obviously that 25% rejection is still an incredibly <laughs> tight market. I mean, we would have been jumping off cliffs if this happened two years ago in Los yeah. Angeles. Oh, yeah. 22% rejection rates in Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. Holy it, Matt, how are we going to survive? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and also this time of year, we tend to see a lot more demand, increased service yeah. needs. Uh, you know, especially right now with the inventory levels where they are, services definitely become a bigger factor. So if you do have freight available in the United States and it's not parked out in the water <laughs> off, yeah, off the ports right. of Long, Long Beach and Los right. Angeles, uh, you need that freight to move today because you need to get it where you need it to go before Christmas, knowing that not just the carriers are going to shut down, but operations, retailers, 
tend to operate, but you have all those, you know, the dock workers, mm. the DCs, the warehouses tend to have reduced staffing this time of, of year. Of course they do, yes. And of course, we've got COVID to deal with, with cases rising. So you're having reduction in staff. So you need to make sure if you do have time sensitive freight, and a lot of that freight tends to hit the spot market versus yeah. the contracted side because yeah, sure. it needs to move expedited. Well, it, it does. And then you, you have other things like, you know, we were just talking about uh, on, on um, uh, midday market update the other day. It was, you know, you've, you've got uh, UPS, FedEx, et cetera, limiting yeah. <laughs> the amount that they're going to pick up from, from Nike and, Gap these, and, and Gap and so on, right? I mean, there was that report there. and it's, uh, So they can service other people. So you, I mean... There's, there's all this. That throws all that stuff into the spot because exactly. that's contracted <laughs> stuff. And they're saying, no, we contracted for this volume. And if I go twice that volume, I can't pull Zach's uh, uh, widgets that he's producing over there. And yeah, I think it's an, I think it's an interesting dynamic to mm-hmm. where you basically now have this contracted market, which is if I, if it moves, it moves. That's great. Spot market has become that guaranteed freight. <laughs> Do you think? Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I know that I'm probably not going to get the service level, you know. And again, yes. you throw it to the spot. Normally, you have a broker sitting there tracking and tracing it, you know, for you consistently. Yeah, you know, and one one of the big, you know, things that are, you know rose up with the brokers and why they were able to have such success. You know, in the early or the you know mid 2000 teens yeah. uh, and prior was the fact that they were able to, uh, you know, provide that service. You know, that that visibility into where my shipments are, where my freight is, and and that's that's a lot of what happened. Uh, they were able to basically excel with customer service, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, very <laughs> over very what, true. Over what a carrier was was able to provide. Very true. I don't know. <laughs> is that true today? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, now either. that now all the carriers have have their own brokerages. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's very that's very true. Yeah. That's very true. But I, I, I would imagine a lot of those. Um, in-house brokerages mm-hmm. are outsourcing capacity. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it used to be, you know, okay, if we didn't have mm-hmm. enough freight, we'd, we'd mm-hmm. go to our brokerage to grab freight and put on our asset side. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt that's happening that much right now. Yeah, and I, I think right now too, uh, if you're a carrier. Except to get higher rates. <laughs> well, well, also, if you're a carrier uh, on, the, on that same thing, and I, we, you know, we would think the same way back in the day, we would divert our capacity to getting the spot yeah. market freight. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's how you utilize it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so a lot of these shippers, unfortunately, are now. And it works great until your asset shows up at your contracted customer under a, <laughs> a different spot name. Spot rate. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think at this point, a lot of shippers have found out that's not standard practice. But yeah. keep in mind too the the effect of you know missing out on a top of a market like this for a carrier can put them out of business. And we were it, talking it about this can. on Freightonomics earlier in the week, where uh, you know a lot of the rates that shippers were given in 2019 mm-hmm. were break-even rates in a lot of cases. We looked at it in our TCA uh, data, and you could clearly see this year, uh, for most of the year, was kind of a wash for carriers. Like, if you were able sure. to just survive, and that's what carrier mentalities are at a lot of times. We used to price things just to keep freight on the truck. Oh, yeah, you got to keep the freight. you got to keep the truck moving, keep the revenue, uh, you know, fueling that engine and, and, and keeping it moving. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and also to, you know... A, a very large degree, no matter what the market is, you, you take those loss leader lanes to get exactly. the other good I hate stuff, that term, right? by the way. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I was a but, pricing guy. So yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I was the guy convincing yeah. you, no, it's, it'll be all right. We'll lose our butt over here, but check this out. Yeah. Uh, but you invariably got all this volume and not, not the 
good stuff. Exactly, <laughs> good exactly. Stuff. And, and, and that's the problem with when your costs don't line up with your, uh, <laughs> with your service. Where are you going with this? They, uh, really? Yeah, I used, to, I used to have, we used to have that argument constantly. <laughs> had the issue. I did not like to have imbalance because inevitably you're, you're not going to get that gravy freight that's good paying yeah. in those lanes that yeah. you really need it in. And, right. you know, you, you just can't control it that well. So uh, this is why carriers reject you know, these rates. And, and hopefully, you know, looking into 2021, we're expecting what? We talked to Greg Miller the other day. Ah. All the way through Q1, mm-hmm. volumes are booked on the ships. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he when we were talking to him, it was mm-hmm. kind of comical because he, he's, you know, it's booked through January and then you got, and then you've got, uh, you know, Chinese, Chinese New, Year. New Year coming. So you can pretty much through February is that. And then you got to bring in all the stock for there. So you really booked till March. And then because of this year through June and you can keep just going. I mean, it, it's uh, the pressure is well into, into Q2. Yeah. The on, the, on the international side, which is a majority of the freight that, I mean, it's a, a large percentage of the freight that moves surface here yeah. is coming through that maritime. Exactly, and it's been a very connected and in, like integrated unit this year, yeah. uh, just because of the demand. The service has been, you know, necessary because inventory yes. levels have dropped below, uh, well below where they were the last two years. Yeah. Uh, oh, even yeah. in 2018, we didn't see inventory levels drop like this. No, uh, you know, it, it accelerated demand and whatnot. So, we also talked to Kyle Lintner this week on the yes, we market update, and he had an interesting statement about how uh, you need to prepare for two years and one. <laughs> we're going to have you know, the backlogged, you know, log jammed first quarter into second quarter type freight market that we still see, you know, a lot of recovery from what we're seeing right now. And then hopefully, you know, the vaccine's coming out in the next week or two in the United States. Yeah. Not sure what that that pattern looks like or that curve and how, you know, reopening looks like. But at some point, the services are going to start to take over for the goods and it's probably going to have a downward pressure on that freight demand in the second half yes. of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I would think so. Yeah. Um, maybe to a lesser degree than we would think just because of the uh, buying habits of people who would normally wouldn't be e-commerce type of people and buying products that normally aren't e-commerce right. traditionally, I guess, <laughs> if you can call traditionally e-commerce. I mean, it seems too new to be traditional, but you know what I'm saying? But some of it's going Those to habits remain. are going to change, but yeah, it, it's definitely going to have downward pressure on it. There's, well, there's no doubt about well, it. Well, you know, it'll get easier to look at as we get closer to that, but yeah. all we know, all we know here in the next few weeks is it's going to be Christmas. Capacity is going Amen. to stay tight and remain tight uh, throughout this year more than likely. So make sure that you've got everything covered and that'll do it for this week's On the Spot. Mike Vincent, thank you. Hey, and be sure love, to stay tuned for Freight Waves for all your future freight needs. <laughs> Have a good week. <laughs>